A good name is better than fine perfume, and the day of death better than the day of one's birth. It is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting, for that is the end of all men, and the living should take this to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, for by the sadness of the face the heart is made good. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. It is better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear the song of fools. For as the crackle of thorns under the, a pot, so is the laughter of the fool. This also is vanity. Surely extortion makes the wise man foolish, and a bribe destroys the understanding. Better is the end of a thing than its beginning. The patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Don't be hasty in your spirit to be angry, for anger rests at the bosom of fools. Don't say, why were the former days better than these? For you do not ask wisely about this. Wisdom is as good as an inheritance. Yes, it is more excellent for those who see the sun. For wisdom is a defense, even as money is a defense. But the excellency of knowledge is that wisdom preserves the life of him who has it. Consider the work of God, for who can make that straight which he has made crooked? In the day of prosperity be joyful, and then in the day of adversity consider, yes, God has made the one side by side with the other, to the end that man should not find out anything after him. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verses 1 through 14. Welcome back, I'm Brian, and this is my Bible study podcast. Today we're back in the book of Ecclesiastes. In the book of Ecclesiastes, it's considered part of the wisdom literature books in the Bible. So it shouldn't really be a surprise to us that chapter 7 really underlines the wisdom of God, which has been revealed and provided to humanity. The first part highlights the value and benefit of applying wisdom to our life. While the second half of the chapter touches on humanity's limitations in understanding and applying wisdom. The wisdom books of the Bible, they often describe wisdom against folly. The way of the wise against the path of the fool. Here in chapter 7, we get more of that. Where the heart of the wise resides versus where the heart of fools resides. How listening to the rebuke of a wise man is better than listening to the song of a fool. And what can make a wise man turn into a fool? We should seek out wisdom, try to live a life seeped in wisdom, but also understand being wise isn't the goal, and applying wisdom doesn't always produce worldly prosperity. I pray that through this passage, God would open our eyes to wisdom and living wisely. And I pray that God would use this passage to open our hearts to contentment and joy in Him, in His Son, and in what Jesus has done for us. So let's dive in. Sorrow is better than laughter, for by the sadness of the face the heart is made good. Ecclesiastes 7.3 So at face value here, this first verse that we're going to chat about, it sounds kind of depressing. Sorrow being better than laughter, it just sounds so sad. 
but it's not about choosing to be sad over choosing to be happy. This verse is about being somber and recognizing the gravity of real-life situations. Being able to be serious and sober is more wise than playing the fool and being the class clown all of the time. Now, believers, they're allowed to laugh. I mean, Ecclesiastes 3.4 says that there is a time to weep and a time to laugh. There's a time for everything under the sun. But we cannot focus only on the lighthearted, and we can't completely avoid hard conversations or challenging situations. You can laugh, you can enjoy life, you can have fun, as Solomon has already called us to do a number of times, to enjoy the gifts from God. But we live in a fallen world, and sometimes stuff is going to go in directions that aren't completely awesome for us. We need to be cognizant of that reality and willing to engage with that reality. The next verse then says, The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. So the heart of the wise man is in the house of mourning, or lamentation, or death and loss. It's a recognition of broken reality, of our fleeting life, of pondering and conversing about things that we normally don't talk about. Whereas the heart of the fool is in the house of mirth. The word for mirth also translates as gladness or pleasure. It's focusing on the superficial. In the words of Ecclesiastes, it is pursuing worldly hevel. It's chasing after the wind. The New Living Translation, the NLT, translates Ecclesiastes 7 verse 4 as a wise person thinks a lot about death, while a fool thinks only about having a good time. John MacArthur notes that this section emphasizes that more is learned from adversity than from pleasure. And look, it all plays into the concept of this chapter as a whole being about wisdom and about wise living. Speaking of wisdom and wise living, The middle portion of this chapter consists of some verses that are full of practical wisdom for everyday life. Ecclesiastes 7.5, for instance, says it is better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear the song of fools. So in today's everybody has an opinion and they post it on social media age, listening to a valid rebuke from a wise person can spur on our own growth, while listening to the songs of fools can lead us astray. Part of being wise ourselves is recognizing who around us is also wise, and then actively listening to their guidance and their advice. Wisdom involves humility. Ecclesiastes 7.7 says, Surely extortion makes the wise man foolish, and a bribe destroys the understanding. So we've all heard stories of wise people who made one or two bad decisions that got them in a bad financial situation or some other type of situation that compromised their ability to continue living wisely. Now, all of a sudden, their future decisions are affected by the negative consequences of their past decisions. They just can't seem to get themselves above water. That's what the first part of the verse is pointing toward when it talks about how extortion, how oppression, or fraud can make a wise man turn foolish. Also, nothing can destroy wise thinking faster than having a conflict of interest. Here it directly mentions the word bribe, and the Hebrew literally has two connotations here. First would be a good connotation, like a sacrifice to God, a giving up of something to God. That is not what's being referred to in this context. 
Second would be bad. It's what's being talked about here. Like a gift from someone with an expected response. This is what's going this is what it's talking about here. I'm going to try to provide you with good fortune now is what the idea is, so that at some point in the future you will repay me by making a decision that will benefit me. The bottom line here is that wisdom involves not putting yourself in compromising situations and living a life filled with integrity. Another practical wisdom verse in chapter 7, it's verse 8. Better is the end of a thing than its beginning. The patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. So we talk about patience and humility a lot when we're walking through the Bible. And it all comes back to Jesus, right? Jesus humbled himself to the point of death on the cross for us. We, if you're a Christian, as a little reflector of who Jesus is, we should aim to display humility also. And patience comes down to contentment in the midst of current circumstances. And having contentment, well, that comes down to trust. Do you trust that God is God and that God is sovereign over all situations? If you're a Christian, this is a very applicable question to our life today. It's not about where you started or about where you are. It's about where you are going as God grows you in this life and where you will ultimately be, worshiping Jesus in his presence for eternity. You are assured of that. You can rest content in that. Then at first, 7, 8 is a call for patience and humility at a micro level, at like this really high level. Then verse 7, 9 is almost the same call, but at a micro level, at the very personal relationship and interaction level. Ecclesiastes 7, 9 declares, Don't be hasty in your spirit to be angry, for anger rests in the bosom of fools. So the wise person, they don't get angry quickly. But the fool, that person can get prideful and their chest will puff up as they quickly fill with anger. Ecclesiastes addresses some really hard, really high-level topics. And it seeks to show us that we should not trust in the things of this world, but rather in God. But Ecclesiastes is also full of very practical wisdom for everyday life situations that aims to remind us of who God is and why we should live wisely. For wisdom is a defense, even as money is a defense, but the excellency of knowledge is that wisdom preserves the life of him who has it. Ecclesiastes 7.12 Gaining and applying wisdom from God is a helpful defense for us living rightly, just as money can be a helpful defense in certain situations. But Solomon, who by the way had all the money you could want and all the wisdom you could ever desire, he draws a distinction between the two. He says that the excellency of knowledge, that the advantage of wisdom, is that it is life-giving when applied biblically. However, when people try to create their own rules of wisdom, that's when we can really get ourselves into trouble. That's when we start to feel like we're banging our head against the wall, right? Ecclesiastes 7.13 asks, Consider the work of God, for who can make that straight which he, God, has made crooked? This is a rhetorical question, of course, right? Like, nobody can bend what God has already set. To think that we can is vanity. Yet, I can count over and over again in my life the times that I've tried to make a straight path where God has a bend. 
Fighting against God is exhausting, and it doesn't get us anywhere. By the way, to relate it back to the wisdom theme, we usually fight most when we are at our least patient and our least content. The Bible says, Consider the work of God, for who can make that straight which God has already made crooked? In the day of prosperity, be joyful. And in the day of adversity, consider, yes, God has made the one side by side with the other, to the end that man should not find out anything after him. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 14. So all wisdom is from God. And God is the only one who knows what's coming. Sure, people have been granted divine revelation at times in history, but that came directly from God. So what is the underlying lesson here? What is the bottom line on wisdom in chapter 7? Be content. Be joyful. Know that God has made both the best and the worst days of your life. And remember Philippians 2.13. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. God is sovereignly in control of all things. That is just as true when everything is awesome as it is when everything seems like it's falling apart. God is using both situations to grow us and to glorify Him. So that should lead us toward joy, toward contentment, toward wisdom, and yes, toward Jesus. Because after all, the Bible declares that Jesus Christ is the power and the wisdom of God. Thanks for listening. Unless otherwise noted, all Bible verses were from the World English Bible Translation, which is in the public domain. Next episode, we'll jump back into Philippians chapter 2. Until then, though, I love y'all.